Hello everyone, my name is Gerardo Duran and welcome to another episode of America Transcending. On today's episode, I have an amazing, an amazing person. His name is Guillermo Gutierrez. Um, Guillermo does some really, really great work in the community. Um, Guillermo, who are you? What do you do? And tell us about how what you do matters. My name is Guillermo Gutierrez. I am a uh, Chicago Little Village uh, born and raised resident. Um, my family's been there since the 60s uh, and uh, grew up in between, I wouldn't even say in between two cultures, but definitely without a culture, uh, more than in between two cultures. And the reason I say that is that um, everything I knew about being Mexican was uh, probably considered negative at the time I was growing up. Um, when we'd go to the stores, there wasn't a lot of people who spoke Spanish, so we would always get made fun of and stuff like that. Uh, still, some of my peers when I was going to school were, were uh, Czechoslovakians, Polish, and so on. So uh, we never traveled back and forth to Mexico. So Little Village definitely became my Mexico. That was a, you know, where I went to the Coge Tortillas, where I went to go get Carnitas and so on. Um, didn't know much, like I said, about being Mexicano outside of the food. Uh, and unfortunately, what did attract me in Little Village was uh, the subculture of the street organizations uh, that happened to be not too far from where I, I, I uh, I lived a uh, majority of my life. Um, it it, it kind of really attracted me to it because um, I, I, I guess I couldn't understand at such an early age why I was struggling so much, why my family was struggling so much. We were your typical big Mexican family um, with a working dad and uh, mom at home. Uh, but my dad was working all the time coming home dirty all the time. And, you know, the guys that were hanging out on the neighborhood seemed to have cars, jewelry, girls, hang out all day, didn't have to wake up in the morning like my dad did and look like they had this beautiful uh, uh, lifestyle, right? A glamorous one at least. Uh, so I think between those two combinations of not really knowing my identity and my culture, and seeing this glamorous uh, life that I cannot understand between my dad having to work all the time and these guys not, uh, it definitely attracted me to them. And unfortunately it set me off in a path that um, took me down a road that, that uh, most people who get involved in the street life, I think get affected one way or the other from drugs, gangs, violence, being shot, being stabbed, being incarcerated, losing friends as early as in fifth grade uh, to having eight people die on the block that I grew up on and um, really just kind of buying into this lifestyle that it's normal. Um, and as many of the young people do, I think still to this day, we feel like that life is normal and I was blessed enough to run into some good people who believed in me, including my mom, that believed that I could change. 
um, uh, some other street outreach workers that I ran into. They started giving me a little support, a little bit of opportunity and came to a point the last time I got shot, I got shot in my head. And that totally made me just kind of really reflect uh, on what my I was really doing. I really believe that that was my last call from the great creator saying like, yo, you better get it together because uh, you might not get lucky, so lucky the next time. Uh, and I reached out to a program uh, by the name of Public Allies, which is a nonprofit organization who um, helps out uh, young people between the ages of 18 and 35 to go into a, a field of kind of their choice in the nonprofit and become interns for 10 months. Um, they immediately connected me to an agency called Build uh, Incorporated, which was predominantly in the north side at the time uh, in Hummel Park, West Town area. Uh, they, their whole focus since the 60s was specifically to work with young men and women who were engaged in, in the street life. Uh, so it was a per perfect match for us. Um, I became there, I, I was an intern there. From there, um, moved up the ladder to become their street out street intervention manager. Uh, spent about 13 years there doing the work, working with young people, predominantly again in, in, in Humble Park, West Town, Cabrini Green, um, and, and Uptown. Uh, those are pretty much the, the primary communities. Uh, and uh, yeah, that kind of took me into a whole, I guess, professional field of doing the work I do with youth development, restorative justice, and, and uh, just giving support to young people throughout not only Chicago, but been blessed enough to go um, throughout United States, uh, you know, uh, facilitating spaces for young people and for staff on the same concepts of how to work with urban youth. Um, got a chance to go to uh, Latin America, I've been to Salvador, I've been to uh, Reynosa, I've been to parts of Mexico where, where they also need the support. Um, and here I am today working at Enlace back in the community that I uh, originally come from La Villita and um, supervisor there now to a street outreach team. Wow, thank you so much for, first of all, taking the time uh, to talk to me and to be part of this project to create this episode. Um, you're, you know, just really amazing to hear your story and I uh, definitely want to delve more into a couple of subjects that you talked about. Um, before we delve into that, you know, I feel like we have a lot of very similar upbringings. I also grew up in La Vita, Little Village. Uh, my father was also a working class man, come home, tired, you know, always dusty. I feel like we barely had enough money to get by, you know. And fortunately, I grew up with Enlace, you know, um, this organization that you're part of now. And I was part of that generation where they were already more established. And they were a tremendous impact in my upbringing, in my and who, uh, who I became, you know. And it makes me really question, uh, like, who I would be without them because... They actually provided the resources to a lot of the after-school programs that I partook in 
because the schools that I went to didn't have resources for after-school programs. This nonprofit that was associated with the school was providing that for them. And even then, they were, there were years where they really struggled and they had to cut some, some programs out. And, um, you know, things makes me think about after-school programs and how important they are, especially for people in uh, struggling communities because you know when they when school is over like these kids they they don't know what to do sometimes and that's oftentimes when they get associated with these uh gangs you know and uh, uh street cultures as you put it uh street associations um and uh you know it, it's really important to give them that a uh, creative outlet that place to explore themselves that place where they can meet different kinds of friends and a potential mentor to show them and help them uh, rediscover who they want to be or who they are, you know. So again, thank you for that, and uh, it makes, it makes me also think about you know how your your story and the work you do and uh, how important it is, you know, as difficult as it might have been growing up for you getting shot in the head. Oh my God, I can't even imagine how difficult that must have been uh, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, you know. Um, but how it taught you, you know, and uh, like you said, Great Spirit aligned that up for you so that you could really understand at its fullest extent what it means to be there. And uh, there's this quote that I've read that they say that there's no tree that goes to heaven without its roots that go down to hell, you know. And, um, you know, you really can't teach someone how to get there without being there yourself, you know. It's, it's harder for me, who's never been an alcoholic, to tell someone to stop being an alcoholic when I've never been there compared to someone who's been there, gone through that, you know, it's like, Hey, I've been there, man. Like I know exactly what you're going through. We have a similar story. And because of that, I could really help you get out of that, you know? So, you know, I'm grateful for people like you. And I definitely think we should empower more people like you or find people like who are on that point of wanting to change and give them that opportunity to, to be that resource, to be that voice for younger people to find their way and to, 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 you know, to show them like, hey, you know, like I've been there, I've done that, and this is how it goes, you know. Um, and another thing too, you know, to transition to, I, I want to have a couple questions. Uh, uh, you know, as someone who grew up in Little Village, who's someone who was part of this gang life, I want to bring up a rel uh, recent subject, and I want to hear your perspective on it and ideas and, and how, you know, from your experience, how one should go about moving forward or steps we could have done to avoid a situation and that's around adam to toledo uh, who passed away in little village he was uh, murdered by a police officer um, a young man uh, a little kid he was 13 years old i believe and he uh it's a really sad story and um, you know deaths are like people like him happen in the community often you know and it was just recent that we really highlighted it at a, at a bigger level when a police officer kills him, you know? And it's like, hey, we got to really talk about this thing. Um, Adam, I feel it for me, is uh, more than just who he is. He's like really a symbol and he represents uh, all the kids in Little Village who are going through things like that, who are associated in gangs and who should be looked at more closely. So what are your thoughts on that? You know, what are your thoughts on that whole scenario? How how could we have avoided that, and what could we do moving forward? Um, I think that's a very complex question, right? Because um, violence is like a matrix; it can happen anywhere, it can happen anytime, and it's like a spider web that there's so many moving parts to it that 
it's hard to say this is a solution. Um, I do think though that as a society, we should um, take more responsibility and holding not only police more accountable for the way they're being um, trained, because I think a lot of it has to do with their training, but at the same time, hold ourselves accountable, right? Our community accountable, our politicians accountable, because uh, it, it, it also becomes not only a, um, like a, 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 a moral compass kind of uh, uh, thing that we got to look into, but the finances behind it. You know, you, you, you shared earlier, if it wasn't for NASA, they wouldn't be after school programming. That, that's, a big, that's a big key to it all, right? That if young people don't have nothing to do, um, you know, they say boredom's the devil's playground. Kids are gonna get into trouble. And little by little, they're going to get more into more trouble. Uh, so I, I, you know, for me, the the root causes of violence at all times is always going to be poverty, uh, a, a lack of education and employment uh, is 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 going to always have a an effect on the way families are 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 being raised and and being in a safe community. Um, when somebody's hungry, they're always going to try to find something to eat, whether it's net food or spiritual guidance or physical. You know, we we we're we're, we're craving people. We're social people. We're going to need something. We're going to go want to go find it. Um, normally, when you're hungry, though, you're really not thinking about whether it's the right thing to do or not. Uh, so yeah, it is. It's very complex, I think. But uh, I would definitely start with uh retraining of uh, the police department i think as an institution there is cops that are good cops but they're as an institution they're they're historically known to uh be abusive they're historically known to take advantage of their power uh from john burge which i'm sure you're familiar with john burge was uh the man who tortured hundreds of people um, uh, and, and created Chicago to be the false confession capital of United States, which when you talk about United States, you're pretty much talking about the world. Yeah. So, but they got more false confessions here in Chicago than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And his cases, which is interesting to me, everybody knows John Verge, but uh, Delgado, uh, uh, Sergeant Delgado, which was uh, predominantly in the North side, he has twice almost as many cases as John Burge. And he's still alive. He's still, they haven't taken him to court yet, but there's a, a push for that. But, but when you associate all these things with police brutality that wasn't recorded on, on, on cameras that weren't, you know, weren't as visual as, you know, in the 60s, 70s and 80s, uh, when, especially during the time where, where they declared war on gangs in the 80s, um, uh, how, how abusive they were back then. We, we, there's, no, we, there's not a lot of proof like we have today with cameras, but I think it's so historically there's been that. Uh, I know a lot of guys though too that have joined the police department to try to change it, uh, which is a very, you know, for me, very interesting, right? Because here you are trying to change an institution that's been around for such a long time. And I can only imagine that it's like an uphill battle for them. 
uh, even if they want to do good for the community when everybody around you is is got this blue code of conduct and and they're they're uh, uh, pretty much culturally uh, a certain way and looking at things a certain way, then those cops who are trying to change that system become the outcasts. And so, so for me, I think it starts with the union with them, you know, and changing their way of training people and, and for other cops to continue to step up and, and do what's right. Um, uh, so that's one level, right? The other one is, is again, what are we doing in our communities? You know that that are allowing this to happen. The, those after-school programs, them art programs, you know, uh, and funding more of that because uh, we need more of that. We we're 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 lacking that throughout Little Village and throughout the city. Uh, after-school programs, and, and 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 even and when I say also after-school programs, like yeah, I'm I'm good with with sports. I believe sports are tools. I believe you know. Uh, all these things are are, are tools. Uh, physical stuff tends to be tools to get young people engaged. But for me, a, a big key to it all is always going to be the arts. Uh, without the arts, uh, we're, we're not feeding the spirit. And the spirit, the spirit, if, if it's not being fed, it's going to find a way to again get that 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 food, whether it's negative or positive. And, uh, and 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 when you when when we really touch on on arts with, with young people now now you you're allowing them to uh, figure out their own identity how to how to invoke for themselves right how to how to speak for themselves how to vocalize for themselves how to express uh, how to create so you 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 start touching on all these other elements that that will make the individual stronger versus just physically stronger or I'm good at a, you know at, at hitting a ball with a bat but you're also feeding the spirit which is oftentimes that I've seen not too many agencies focus on wow thank you so again so many things to talk about um you know I really like what you said to start off to highlight uh you know some people who became police officers to change it from the inside right and that makes me think about this other quote that I heard and that's like you can't destroy the machine and i'm paraphrasing you can't destroy the machine with the tools that built the machine right? you cannot destroy the system with the tools that help build that system you need to look for your new tools you need you need to you can't use the same ones you know it's just gonna go in a giant circle and, and another part too for me is looking at it like what are the tools and that's i think building awareness education like you said uh, learning to to delve into understanding this really complex system and it's built complex on purpose so that we kind of get confused and overwhelmed and don't really want to get too far into it even for me filling out my taxes like yeah i want to pull my hairs out you know it's like why is this so hard it's like why why can't it be easier why wasn't i taught this in high school you know it's like i gotta figure this out as an adult even my parents have a hard time they don't even know what to tell me sometimes right um and i really also like what you said um you know the arts and feeding the spirit you know and i really feel like that is a really, really powerful and transformative tool. That's part of one of the reasons to to why I'm doing this work here now, because I was given the opportunity to explore the arts. I was given the opportunity to explore 
media through school they gave me a little scholarship and you know i'm so grateful for that opportunity that was offered to me and it changed my life like i pr pursued this whole career uh, my whole life is here i'm from little village you know and um it just it changed everything that i am because i found an opportunity to express myself an opportunity uh, to to show and who i am with this with this new media in this medium that's being explored throughout the world and it's very very powerful now everyone looks at their phone every day everyone looks at videos every day and if you know how to create a video if you know how to say some song or create some sort of art and express it through media people are going to see it you'll be able to be recognized and be able to be heard which is really important in today's society and, and that makes me also get to another subject that i feel is very important especially for people in these neighborhoods and communities uh, especially for me, and I, I know people um, who grew up with me, who explore these uh, arts with me, um, poetry in particular, and the subject, what I'm getting at is, is getting re people ready for exploring the world outside of the neighborhood. Uh, I feel like that's really important in creating that space and getting people mentally ready to go and to know what to expect, you know, because I know some people who have never left the neighborhood, <laughs> people who like live in Chicago, they live in like the West Side, they live in Little Village, but they've never gone to like Lincoln Park, right? They've never gone to Wicker Park, they've never gone to the other side of the city, right? And uh, they, they've never been over there to have ice cream, you know, or watch a movie somewhere else in the city. And it's like, it's a really a culture shock sometimes. I know it was for me. When I started going and exploring on the train and going over there, I was like, whoa, this is Chicago? Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I can't believe that this is the same city, right? Um, but then not only that, but going as far as like meeting people, understanding the people and the way they think. Uh, the people of different cultures, people of different uh, wealth classes. Uh, I know uh, a friend of mine, he's really, really talented. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away to uh, a drug overdose. Um, but... He had an amazing full ride scholarship, uh, mm. and for poetry, and um, he went to Wisconsin, and uh, he he was very 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 talented young individual. Same thing, grew up really difficult, um, and I think you know he he when he was there, he felt like he didn't belong. He felt like he didn't fit because he started for the first time meeting people in the room who were just as talented as him or you know who had their own i wouldn't say more talented you know no one's more talented than anyone else but they, they were ch definitely challenging and they pushed him you know and of course people of different wealth classes and this and that and it made him feel i'm sure a certain way so much so that he ended up losing his scholarship coming back home and and wanting to stay in the neighborhood because i feel like that's where he felt more safe that's what he recognized until you know he he passed away uh, and that makes me really sad because there's someone like him who who were given this opportunity and they still kind of came back because they they weren't ready for something like that um so i don't know i feel like that's something we should definitely explore um and i want to hear your opinion on that like as someone who's explored the country who's explored gone to the uh you know other countries and tell them about what you do uh, what are the different people like, you know, and, and, and uh, are the different uh, perspectives and uh, do you ever have a hard time trying to explain to someone where you're from? Uh, what's that experience been like for you? Um, first, my condolences for your friend, bro. That's 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 a tough one, man. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's sad because, <clears throat> like you said, 
uh, I think that that becomes, and I've seen it in the work that I've done, that it becomes a huge challenge. I know uh, people in the neighborhood right now that won't cross over to the other side of the neighborhood. Not only not live, leave Little Village, but they won't even cross over to the other side of Little yeah. Village. You know, historically, uh, we got two predominantly uh, uh, street organizations in Little Village. Uh, 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 Professor Spurgo from University of Chicago did a, uh, a survey in probably the mid-90s. Uh, and he had, he came out that there was about a thousand young men in one side, uh, on the west side of the neighborhood and on the east side of the neighborhood, a thousand five hundred young men involved in that street life. Uh, and the first thing I thought when I seen it was like, oh, this, these are platoons. These ain't, these are not like what people consider like, oh, okay, a, a gang of 10, 15 kids. No, this, this is, these are like little armies. Mm -hmm. Uh, so unfortunately that's, that created a, 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 a line between the community where certain young people don't cross over and, uh, even adults, I know adults that won't cross over. I know adults to this day that, you know, I'll pick them up, let's go have lunch. And as soon as they see me going over the bridge, that's it. No, Hey, I gotta go back. It's like they get the jitters or something. Uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of that also has to do with the way our school system set up and 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 also why when we leave our community we feel challenged right like your your friend going into another into another environment that might have similar talents that he has and it's not not necessarily that that we should think about like okay i'm better than him or he's better than me but from the day we go to school for me school systems create that system right they create that system of isolation they create that system of learn and repeat and if you're smart enough you get this where if you're not you go to the dumb class and then y'all got to figure that out mm -hmm. you know and and so it creates automatically within us like okay we got to compete for, for everything we got to compete against each other and and they highlight some kids so much and they ignore some kids so much that for me, I've seen that young, there's young people that then don't care about society, right? Well, I, teachers never cared about me. Nobody cares about me. I'm always go do what I gotta do. Then you got other kids who, 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 you know, are smart and, you know, to a certain level. And, and I say it specifically, even with my own kids, <clears throat> they grew up going to at school in Little Village. Then I brought them to West Town. Uh, now they're in high school in Oak Park. And they've seen the difference between all the different schools. And they tell me all the time, man, I thought I was smart here. I came over here, and but they have way more opportunity. They have after school programs at Oak Park that you can't even think of, sports that they've never even heard of, opportunities. They got music, they got different types of arts. They got, so so uh, again, for me, it's it's these school systems that, especially in, in, in our neighborhoods that don't have the, them resources to actually fulfill a young person's development stages in life that creates them to be insecure once they get outside the neighborhood. And, and, and going to the question, even for me, one of the biggest challenges that I had uh, in, in this profession was like, one, feeling like I was abandoning my neighborhood. And 
I felt like I was abandoning my neighborhood because why am I here and I got so many homies that have passed away and died already, or I still got homies that are struggling and I'm over here at this platform living a better life. And, and, and for me, that was a challenge for myself, but that goes back to our own, you know, insecurities, our own guilt, our own self-consciousness. And, and that I had to overcome. And once I did, I started getting into different platforms where, you know, now I, I became, I, I accepted it that I was going to become a voice for them at these platforms because that's the only way we're, we're going to make a difference. So now I took that, that role of, well, you know what, since they can't be here, how do I voice this for them? And traveling throughout Latin America and even the United States, I, I, I really believe that, that, Every community that I've gone to, every community I've, I've gone to, they all still want one thing that's in common, love and respect. Everybody wants those two things. Now, how you get that love and respect, it could be negative or positive, right? Because, you know, some people say, oh, well, the gangs don't give you love. Oh, they give you love. It might not be a positive love, but they're getting some kind of fulfillment and some kind of love out of it. So, you know, we got to remember that energy doesn't understand negative or positive. You know, that's why you also have so many women in domestic violence, right? They think it's love. They feel it's love. Who's to say that it isn't for them at that moment, at that time, right? But so for me, that's something that I have noticed throughout everywhere I go. Everybody still, the spirit still wants the same things. Uh, that doesn't change. Of course, there's the, you know, wish I had more money and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the way, for me, the way that this, this society is, that it really looks like a, a vacuum cleaner that sucks everything up. Uh, uh, I do think that, that the, the base of all communities have to be that love, support, respect, right? That, that we give each other, but unfortunately without money right now to support all of that, it's, it's almost impossible. And that's where I feel like a lot of the decay happens because uh, families got to, financially support and uh their family by putting a roof over their head by buying clothing by buying food that then the other uh aspects of the arts and everything else then that just becomes at the bottom of their wish list very true man very true it makes me think about how you know rap music and um people saying like all oh, these songs you know the recent rap music, you know, it's like all they talk about is drugs, violence, this and that. And then I heard someone say, well, it's because it's a reflection of, of what we're living. You know, if you want to if you want to hear different kind of music, you got to change, help us change where we're living, how we're living. And then you'll start to hear different kind of music. Like we're just saying, we're just saying what we're seeing, you know, we're saying what we're going through. And it also makes me think about um, how like, uh, this brain drain effect, you know, about how we talked about uh, other schools and how they have better resources. And it makes me think about when I went to grade school, there were some kids who were really talented, but then it's the moment for them to go to high school. And then they go to the nice, they go to the nicer schools, you know, they go, they go to downtown, they go to Oak Park, you know, and, and they leave the neighborhood, right? And then what happens is like all these really intelligent kids from the neighborhood leave the neighborhood and go to another school and then uh, the the less talented kids go to you know the regular school in the neighborhood, 
And then what happens is that they say, oh, this school's bad. I'm like, no, we're not bad. <laughs> you took all the kids from, you took, you took all of our talented kids, you know? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure if we took all your talented kids from your neighborhood and brought them over here, people was like, wow, that school's amazing. Of course yeah. it is, you know? So, you know, just being more aware of, like, the little economics that's happening all the time, how energy's moving throughout the city, you know? Um, I really like that, you know, and, and uh, I really admire, you're right, you, you talk about love and respect, that's that's all anyone wants, that's all we all want, ever, ever since we really start, you know, living our life, love and respect, you know, it's like, that's what we think money will bring us, you know, that's why people want money, is because they think, if I have money, I get a nice girlfriend, and then people respect me, you know, <laughs> it's like, they look at money, like, hey, it's actually about love and respect, right, like, how can we fulfill those things sometimes, uh, without the what society is conditioning us to think we need, you know, and that's a big part of it too. Like, what are we being conditioned to to live like? What are we being conditioned to think like? And really seeing why are we being conditioned this way? Like, what is someone gaining out of us thinking this way? And how can we begin to change our thought patterns to achieve these things that we want? through the way that would work for us because there's so many different routes in life, right? There's so many different routes in life. There's some people who out there who want to be a rapper or a really successful sports player, right? And that's because that's all they see on media, right? Like how how can we begin to explore and become more aware of how can we how can we see other role models? How can we see other paths to success? How can we explore uh, other people and, and other pathways and uh, where are those opportunities? How can we present those opportunities to someone? Um, so thank you, you know, for your for your, everything you're saying and uh, for all your time, you know, and I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, so to finish up this amazing conversation, uh, what message do you want the viewer to have in their mind when this uh, podcast is over? What, what, what message do you want them to have resonating with them? I guess I would, I would, I would say, uh, first of all, we're not alone in the struggle. There's, there's, there is a lot of us who are doing the work. Um, stay, stay loving yourself so other people can love you and, and, and model that behavior of love. Because uh, I, 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 for me, I really believe that that's what, what young men and young women that I mentor, that's, that's, that's what attracts them to me. That's what makes them, you know, not my my war stories, even though those are kind of like, you know, sometimes they want to hear them or, or so on. But that that's not what really attracts them to me. Uh, uh, the the mentees that I have and I've mentored in the past, all of them have. It, it's been out of love and respect, not necessarily out of the journey that I walked through. Um, that just kind of. I think it heightens it up somewhat, but I would say I would say to everybody, just really, you know, uh, uh, we're not alone, and 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 keep dreaming, because you know, once we stop dreaming, uh, this this uh, this society who's marginalized us and conditioned us, it, it will win uh, until we start dreaming outside the box that they're trying to put us in. So keep dreaming. You heard it, everyone. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Thank you so much, Guillermo, for your time, uh, for your energy, for your words. Um, thank you, everyone who tuned in to the very last minute of this episode to hear what we have to say. And uh, be sure to follow us on social media. Special thank you to um, Free Spirit Media and Westside United for helping power this project uh, through their grant. Uh, thank you for them and the work that they're doing. Be sure to find them and follow them on social media. And be sure to look into Enlace. And uh, if you want to 
reach out to Guillermo if you are in the Little Village community, uh, go to the Enlace office and just start asking questions like, hey, uh, you know, how could I be a part of this? How can I receive help or how can I help? Right. Um, so thank you again, Guillermo, for your time and consideration. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again in person. And uh, until next time. A special thank you to Westside United and Free Spirit Media for empowering this project. Be sure to give them a follow, guys, on social media, as well as follow our project here at America Transcending on all social media platforms. Thanks, guys, and stay tuned for the next episode. Adios.